You are listening to Is There an Echo in Here? A podcast about Echo and the Bunnymen. Welcome, 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 everybody. Welcome in, Nabi and I want to tell you guys that we have a long episode ahead of us. Of uh, We're talking about imaginary bands tonight. I'm Courtney. I'm Shane. You and asked for more, you got more. Here's more. Yeah, this is a good one. Um, it's a great one. Let's this, is a, this is one of those episodes... Well, first of all, let me begin by saying... That um, this is a podcast that is about Echo and the Bunnymen, the band, not the car dealership, not <laughs> the hotel uh, franchise, Echo and the Bunnymen. It's the band Echo and the right. Bunnymen, in case you were confused. And I want you to know, um, this is a podcast where I go into my husband's, sh- <laughs> my husband's studio <laughs> And I take it over and make him talk about Echo and the Bunnymen for many hours. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) So what I'd like to do at the beginning, the top of the episode, is ask you, what was I interrupting tonight? Right. Well, uh, as many of you longtime listeners know, I'm a guitarist and uh, I was playing guitar. Uh, Specifically, I was recording the next installment of my... A uh, fourteen-volume record called "Fireside Book of Folk Songs" that I've been releasing uh, every my, week. Yeah, weekly on my Bandcamp page. It's pay what you want. Go visit my Bandcamp page and drop some cash my way. Get yourself some music, music, some solo guitar interpretations of old folk tunes. Uh, there's some old English stuff in there, you know, and. Uh, yeah, help us uh, get through the summer here. <laughs> um, and so you want to give them your handle on Bandcamp? Oh, yeah, just Shane Parrish on Bandcamp. One R. Just one R. Just search Bandcamp, Shane Parrish, go to it, have a listen. I've got like 24 records on there or something and different things. But, you know, recently I've been dropping these folk. I even did an Irish record recently, okay. too. Yeah, Irish I'm ready folk for tunes. the sea shanties. But... Sea shanties coming. Sea All shanties right. are coming. Yeah, they're, they're in. Queue. Are you taking requests from our listeners? <laughs> yeah, sure. If you write us with a request, I will do an interpretation of a song. Well, dang, this okay. All right. Okay. Um, well, tonight, as I said, this show is all about imaginary bands. Some of them real, some real, some imagined. And this is going to be one of those episodes where I don't look back where I'm never going to listen to it again. Even though I think it is like probably one of our best episodes. Yeah. Cuz sometimes I'll look back, right? Sometimes I'll look back and I'll be like, you know, what is understatement man and all the things and Lauren going to think of this episode and I'll re-listen right, and be like, right. "All right, okay, that was all right or that part was kind of, you know, embarrassing, yeah. but whatever." This episode I'll never listen to again. I'm singing in it. We're giving you some performances and renditions of imaginary bands that may or may not have existed 
we are, I mean, we're just letting it all hang out. That's we're right. doing some original, but well. How, how do we get there? How do we get to a real <laughs> band that starts with an imaginary band? Mm-hmm. Echo and the Bunnymen came out of this, the seeds of these teenagers' imaginations. And just like any band that you've ever gotten into, started as just, you know, posturing and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, fake it till you make it kind of thing. So this is it. I hope you enjoy the episode. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to add? You know, I would love to sit around and talk about Morrissey and Nick Cave's open letter and Billy Bragg's open letter. But, you know, we got to stick. We just, you know, Echo and the Bunnymen is our priority. Maybe in the next episode, when it's all old news, we can talk about it. But yeah, let's just get on with the episode. Okay. All right, here it is. What are we doing? Okay. What are we doing? Welcome back. This really is the most tired I've been recording this podcast. Really? I think, well, no, no, it's not. no, no last no time was worse. Yeah, that's true. I was like slurring this time. <laughs> no, no, no. This time, uh, put that in the trash. Okay. Courtney leaves little pieces of gum around my studio, it's unacceptable. <laughs> okay, that's in the trash can now. Okay, so do you remember what you learned last time? Tell me all the people and what you learned about them. All oh, of the people from the Eric God. scene, the okay. Liverpool Let's, scene. There's all right. There's a crucial three. Yeah, there's a crucial three that consists of. We don't even talk about that yet. That's from <laughs> something else. All right, all right. So there's a guy named Pete Wiley. Yep. Who's Roger Job. Eagles' business partner? No. No, that's Pete. Full well. Full well. What did we talk about last time? <laughs> well, let's see here. Uh, we talked about a show that The Clash played at Eric's in 1977, May 5th. 77, is that correct? That is correct. Okay, that's That's what we talked about. And we talked about how that show was pivotal. It was, um... It was like a generative, like all these bands like grew out of this show do you remember a band called big in japan yes that's kind of the point right they were the kind of they were the first punk band out of Liverpool. we formed a band we formed a band big in japan. let's just go over and listen i know this is really overwhelming the liverpool scene you know there are so many peets there are too many there are pauls and there are you know ian's abound but, but we have to understand the petri dish from which you know, these, you know, <laughs> organisms grew right. into Echo and the Bunnymen. Yes, fully formed bands that were, you know, existed on their own. Right now they're just like a pile of mush and we're just parsing out. And you don't need to, don't worry about memorizing these people. Just let it wash just, over you. Exactly. Just experience. We're going to just, uh, you know, introduce these people in little it bite-sized chunks. It is the greatest chunks. story ever told. It is the great. That's what they say about it. It's not the Bible. I was going to say, don't even say that about the Bible. This is, I don't know, this is better to me. So, it's, um, it's, it's a unified field, baby. We're all one. Let's go. All right. Let's do this. So who's in this 
this first pivotal punk band in the Liverpool scene, you got Ian Brody from the Lightning Seeds. Dun, dun, dun. You got Budgie, dun, dun, who dun. played drums for Susie and the Banshees, the only one I knew before doing this podcast. Um, a young Holly Johnson, dun, dun. later of... <laughs> Of the hugely successful Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Relax. Don't do that. When you want to, to come to that. <laughs> Please don't do that to me I because I want you to stop it. So. When you want to come, 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 come. Yeah. Have you ever seen the video to that that video, to that song? I'm, you know what? I have probably, but I'm going to tell you again, which I told you several episodes ago, and I don't know why I have this childhood memory. That that song was featured in the movie Fletch, starring Chevy Chase from 1984 or whatever year. Yeah, yeah. It's... I don't know why I remember that. I think I might have seen that movie once. It was a car chase, and all of a sudden it was Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Who we which never knew we would be talking didn't about Didn't know at this that point. they sang that song until <laughs> we got into this podcast, because I was just like... You're going to get your mind blown again, just Random like mine 80s was. song, you know? You're going to wait till you're... You're going to have another... Kind of like grade D, 80s song. Those aren't grade I'm down D. To, okay. They're, they they're B, grade B. They I'm talking about, okay. iconic. It's I mean, grade A in terms of pop. been to an 80s night where they yeah. did not play it? It's true. It was so hugely successful. If you watch the video they sent... To build drum and manage them as well? Well, I don't know, actually. Okay. I think they are, everybody's getting their own big record deals at that point. What the hell? They just went to Liverpool and handed those things out. I don't know. Okay. That's what I'm wondering. I have questions about, you know, how all that worked. But um, moving, right. moving on. Moving on. So Frankie goes to Hollywood, and we got the first, the first person who identifies as being a femme, someone who you know isn't just a just a dong and balls <laughs> you know just a couple bunch of cocks on the block or yep so her name is jane casey oh. she is the lead singer she is fascinating Sweet jane she uh ran away from home at like 14 and was like in group homes and then she came to liverpool and she joined a band and you know and after the band she's like formed other bands i can't remember what they're called right now she went on she to was be very like important. a you know artistic director and now she's like a part of the liverpool sort of the fabric of the culture and she plans events she's she's, she's still there she's still there yep you can watch um, jane casey jane casey um let's look her up is she on twitter oh i've been looking her up i could talk at length hey, i y'all. think i'm gonna have a breakout session with um the liverpool expert that we're gonna be bringing Oh yeah, that's gonna be cool. Episode. Y'all gotta follow us on Twitter now too. Yeah, I took it over. I'm starting to. Courtney took it over. I set it up a, a while ago, but I don't get it. I've never been on Twitter before. But she's gonna put some content on there. And I can't find the funny people on there. But I'm just, I'm just starting another thing to waste my life with. Anyway, do we get everybody who's in all those bands? We just wanted to go over them again. Oh, of course, Bill Drummond. Who we talked about at length. The man. Yes. One of the the men. <laughs> the man among men. Yep. So. He intrigues me the, the most. most. Okay. Only, and but he's, I don't know, uh, he's still sort of a curiosity to me, but he, I'm drawn to him more than I am others. Yeah. Due to his 
just brilliance seemingly yeah. yeah he is quite a force you know i like his um, song i think klf and uh that's how it began maybe that's there's that childhood connection but then the whole like i'm gonna you know set a million dollars on fire and fire a machine gun at a bunch of rich people but also i'm gonna bake pies or you know types of food for people living in a certain area yeah like all these all these these pies and so what kind of manager is he going to be for this band we're gonna find out yeah it's gonna be weird and he wrote that book the manual yeah i want to get that He's kind of the second most interesting to me right now. Close second to, to another person. Who? Um, we'll, we'll get there tonight. Who? We'll get there tonight. Tell me the name. It's Pete Burns. We'll call this Pete number three. Oh, man. It's Pete number three. Pete Burns. Um, so just take, you know, just don't even try. Don't even try to follow it if you don't know. Okay. And most people probably already do, so... Right. You know? So tonight, as we teased in the last episode, we are going to talk about imaginary bands. Oh. Bands that don't exist, that are figments of the imaginations of young people growing up in cities all over the world. You know what I'm talking about. You had, I'm sure you had some... You get your notebook and you write down... Your band name, yeah. and under that you write down your song titles, and yet you, draw... you don't have any. There's there's no songs. There's it's, just, it's you know you just got a bunch of names and things on a page. And the band graphic. Don't forget you got to have a logo. You got to have the logo and the and the font of your band, and you got to write your band all over the place so mm. people will know you got a band. This is what it's called, and when yeah. you have that record, you'll have that sticker idea already ready to go it's true you know it's all about marketing yeah it's all about projection of image but i love but i love the the band that doesn't exist well because that's how they come to exist right is they start as figments just ideas notions (laughs) in the hegelian sense I was in a band the moment I picked up a guitar. I was like, all right, I'm a band now. I had like four or five bands. But I remember like auditioning like kids from the school to sing and like them coming over to my house and being like really nervous about it. And I was just having like, oh man, like like as though I had some expertise and I was like a you know, absolute beginner, but I was like putting this band together and you know, just I just remember I guess I auditioned and I was like yeah, I was like having them sing like Metallica songs and shit. Like sanitary you know or something. But my friend Vanessa my friend Vanessa auditioned for a whole band a cover band of Hole. And she did it. And she was like sixteen. That's and awesome. she got it. And she was like, But it didn't happen because that's the thing. Bands well, don't happen. Just, you just yeah, talk yeah. about the band. That's well, enough. Well I'd be in the, in the like in the garage with the lights out with like and like my friends like air drumming and we're like just blasting <laughs> yeah. like you know, like a Metallica and Justice for All, and I'm just like kind of fake playing along. Yeah, see, that's that's what we're we talking about band. here. You're a band, but right? then real bands form out of that. That's what happened. Yes, you know, and that's what happened. That's like you what start, is gonna yeah, happen. You start playing, you that's get, what happens. Some, some mute songs might occur, and then suddenly you're like at the open mic or some kind of little gig, and right, and you're an entity. So the first imaginary band that we're going to talk about, and this is one of the reasons also that I love Turquoise Days because the way that Chris Adams presents these bands. He goes so in-depth, and it's so funny to me. 
that that's, I like laughed great. Yeah. all by myself reading it. So, so you could tell he loved putting it together. So, so they, so the after, so remember, remember my friend Julian Cope that I love. Yeah. <clears throat> and the motor mouth, Pete Wiley, uh-huh. they join, they decide they're going to create a band at that class show that all happened right. on May 5th, 1977. Yeah. But uh, and so Pete's like, yeah, okay, well, we can do a band. But I got this friend. He didn't. He doesn't talk much. His name's his name's Ian. And he he's got a great voice. I mean, let's, let's invite him over. Let's start a band. And Julian's like, okay, sure. <laughs> so they, so Wiley, Julian Cope, and Ian McCulloch become a band called. The Crucial Three. Oh, man. And when I started researching, you know, Echo and the Bunnymen in general, I was like, oh, this this first group they had called, um, you know, The Crucial Three. I the thought Crucial it was like three. Andy Summers being in The Animals. Like okay. it was some kind of like It was outfit. their pretend band. But they had four rehearsals, okay? Okay. Now, um, initially the name of their band was going to be Arthur, Arthur Hostel and The Crucial Three. But then Mac decided that the Arthur Hostel um, sounded crap. So yeah, he dropped that. It does. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So this band, you know, obviously didn't have any hits that we know of. The Crucial Three. The Crucial Three. Um, they've got, but they have some songs, you know. Did they leave um, the garage? <laughs> <laughs> they had, listen, this is the best. They had ideas and titles for songs. That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> notebooks and notebooks full. <laughs> Band names. They okay. Here's some of their ideas for songs. The name. Here's some song names. Okay. All right. All right. These could have. We'll never know what these could have, but we'll just try and imagine. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. You'll like this one. Nazi stomp. There you go. Oh, so they were political. I they guess were, so. They were political. Okay. <laughs> um. Good for them. Space hopper. Okay. Bloody sure you're on dope. Which was Mac's mother's favorite expression, which is weird because I heard she didn't cuss. Maybe she started dropping the bee bomb when the, he was a teen. This bloody cuss. It's a cuss word in in, in, in England. In um, for people who speak British. <laughs> All right. Okay, this is the, but the song we are going to be covering is called Salamine Shuffle, um, and it had the lyrics. It has some lyrics, I guess, but it's the melody of I'm waiting for my man. Oh. Okay, I'm not even going to That song has a melody? Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for my man. Can I make an aside here? Yeah. Um, I heard that Metallica, like, did the thing where they, like, just had, like, a collection of song titles. For for Lulu? Not for Lulu. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, uh, for like the Black Album or their albums and oh, stuff. Oh, really? Like, like the way that they like determine the lyrical subject matter of it. That's is, by the title. Is like just like a like a grab bag with like full of like you know fortune cookie like <laughs> strips with like their like song titles on it. Like yeah. so, but if you think about that, so like some of their song titles on the Black Album, for example, <laughs> are like you know, Enter Sandman. <laughs> Like they had the, just I think about the fact that they had the title of that before they wrote the lyrics, or of wolf and man. Somebody wrote you know, scrawled that on the no, t- yeah. kitchen table. And was like, no, no. I'm, I'm gonna put in uh, 
my friend of misery. <laughs> the god that failed. Oh, yeah. Did you hear my job? I wonder if they picked up my job popping just now. The Unforgiven. All right. Sad but true. Oh, sad anyway, but true. Oh. But it's just like, that's like, <laughs> it's like, that's how they determine. I don't think that's that it's bad. The, no, no, it's a great idea, but it's funny <laughs> to me because the titles are funny. And then, like, the lyrics of the songs are funny. And, yeah, and then it's like, it's I like knew this, when I heard that song the title, idea. I was like, oh, that song I knew. sucks. Well, I know that so it is, bad. and I knew it. I really Shit. only know that song sucks more. More and more. Because well, I had, you had to I, learn I, it. I, well, I taught it to stu- a student one time, and I was like, this is the wonkiest fucking song. I like, like it's so bad. Like, the riff, the riffage. They were lost, man. They were lost. I mean, you can that, feel the that's, lostness. That's the well, best. The, every band makes a lost album. Well, not No, they were lost because they lost Cliff Burton, who, if you look at the albums prior to that. No, Cliff Burton, they lost prior to one. No, but he was part of the composition of oh, a lot of that stuff. And that's why that, that album is good. That's why Injustice for All is good. He helped to write Injustice for All. And then he died. And yeah. then he died. Yeah. And then they got oh, Jason Newstead to replace him. Right. And then they buried the bass in the mix. And that was a subject of controversy. It was that's like, you can't hear the bass on that album. But like, anyway, though, sorry. I don't know. I just thought of that with the song titles thing. We're talking about the Crucial Three. Oh, yeah. Okay, so Crucial Three. So the rehearsals. Um, they had four rehearsals, and here's what we're going to do. Chris Adams describes these rehearsals in depth. Okay. So we are going to read the descriptions, and for the first time ever in the history of rock and roll, Bunnyman history, we are going to attempt to approximate and record their, uh, their first song, I don't know if it has a name. We're gonna play. We're gonna play some of their early songs, okay? Well, I've been waiting for this moment <laughs> for all my life. So, oh Lord, here's what's going on in this in this thing, okay? I'm so excited! I've been. No, I've heard Should about this. Should we do this? I mean, We're, but I, I think this has been teased. <laughs> This is the reason we're doing the I podcast. I learned about this a to year ago, yeah. vaguely. We're yeah. going to have to record this song by the Crucial Three. Can you Creek. play Money on and Bass? Then, and then when, they, when, they, and when, they, when it's come up, also, they've, they've just been sort of this, like, enigma, like, in my peripheral <laughs> spiritual vision of, like, you know, just some, some, the Crucial Three. I'm like, okay, as a band, I guess I'm going to learn about time eventually. <laughs> but I don't think I fully realized until now that this was some 16, That it's like some teenagers old. in their basement playing Metallica songs. Liter- yeah. Literally. Yeah. Air, air guitar. Okay, yeah. so here's the setup. Okay. Let me. Okay, Shane, I'm going to go ahead and tell you the ingredients of the song, okay? Okay, what, All right. what do we got? Okay, so there's three guys. is Pete Wiley, Julian Cope. Okay. So... Okay, so the, the group lasted four rehearsals. So here's a, the rehearsals consisted of, basically, Wiley, listen to this, pretending to be Bruce Springsteen by way of Joe Strummer, okay. blasting his guitar, but he's not even singing. So something about the guitar playing, you must channel both Springsteen, Springsteen. and Joe Strummer from The Clash. All right. Oh. Can you do that? Yeah. Now we need it to be through a tinny practice amp. Okay, got it. Got it. Okay. Now, Cope fumbled through the bass line of Pink Floyd's Money. 
All right. Now, do you know Pink Floyd's money? Oh, I do. You know I do. You (laughs) know I do. That's a key ingredient to this song. No problem. Now, there's a fourth guy. And this is Wiley's friend, Steve Spinner. Steve Spence, you know, a.k.a. the Spinner. Okay. He clattered away on drums, quote, drums, which is actually one of Mrs. McCulloch's kitchen chairs. Okay. Do you have drumsticks? I do. Okay, okay, we got And I have a chair. And a chair, we have a kitchen chair. So. Now, and then last but not least, well, yeah, let's get the the band together and then we'll... The band, okay, got it. So we need... Tinny guitar, channeling Springsteen and Joe Strummer. A bass line, shittily playing Money by Pink Floyd. And take a kitchen chair and some drumsticks. Steve Steve Spinner Spence. (laughs) Okay. Well, you're like a short order cook. You can just, you can order it right up, Shane. Put it up in the green. I worked as a short order cook too, remember? uh, In episode five and nine. That is a hellacious job if you work at a busy restaurant. You got to keep all of it in your head. Then playing music is easier than working in a restaurant. I'm um, getting all set up. I got my amps set up. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to dig up a 10 year guitar amp, though. It's going to sound real shitty. It's going to be great. Okay. okay. Now, I'll tell you what Mac's going to be doing while you're doing that. So, the, And I'll be Mac. And I'll be also be Spinny. Spinner. Okay. Mac would slump on the couch, slumped on the couch, refuse to sing, saying, Subtle, if it's going to sound crap. Crap. <laughs> Is that my, my Irish Sound, Sounds a bit crap. I was watching, I was listening to this interview with him, and I was like, God, he keeps saying sudden in, in weird parts of the, he'll be like, and then there was this sudden car that came, but then I realized he was saying sodden, which sodden, the sodden so, car. Sodden. And it sounds sodden. Yeah. So there's a little. Okay. okay. Um, but wait, you wait. something new every day. Watch out. So he couldn't play anything. All right, once or twice, Mac's embarrassment faded. This is me. Just enough for him to pick up his mom's tea kettle to amplify his voice in the absence of a microphone and hum the vocal lines. Hum, guys, from Velvet Underground's Waiting for the Man. Waiting for the man. Waiting for my man. I think it says the man. I think it's the man. And now, without further ado, we are presenting the first ever rendition of the Crucial Three's hit song, Salamine Shuffle. One, two, three, four. Mm-hmm. 
I'm gonna play if it sucks, you know? Mate, like, come on, mate. It doesn't sound no, like shit. What? It does. No. I'm gonna I have to go upstairs no, and wash my hair. You sounded wonderful. What the hell's wrong with Ian? I don't know. We've got to, <laughs> we've got to get rid of him. He's so lazy. He just sits around on the couch the whole practice. What what are we going to do? <laughs> Wait. I know. What? Let's let's just stop inviting him to practices. Yeah, he's a terrible singer anyway. It's true. We could make our own band. Such a such a diva. Oh, the worst, the worst sort of diva. <laughs> no future in show business for that man. Not at all. We'll form our own band with it, and I'll be the singer. I shall be the singer, Julian Cope. <laughs> it shall be me. I'll... I play second fiddle to no one. Oh, yeah. I play second fiddle to no one. Sadly, they did break up eventually. Um, one of the reasons is because Spence, Spence the Spinner... Spinner Spence. Okay. Had to go to college. You know? All right. Well, happy. Yeah. Well, good for him. <laughs> um. But he, I bet he uh, doesn't regret that decision. Well, well, you know what's going to become of all these guys? So that's the question. Um, is he still alive? Who, Julian? Yeah, is Julian still alive? I think so. And is uh, I don't know with certainty. Spencer either. Spence. Spence, we don't know what happened to Spinner, Steve Spinner Spence. You know, people could tell us, though. People, let us know. We love when people tell us things, anything, you know? I love a correction. I love a, you know, just a, hey, you how's suck. it going? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you doing this <laughs> is often a question we are asked. Okay, so... Now, the mystery girls, y'all. So after the Crucial Three broke up, Pete Wiley and Julian Cope go on to form the mystery girls <laughs> with Pete Burns. Uh, do you know Pete? No, <laughs> this that's is a terrible Pete band name. number three. Yeah. What did he Pete do? Pete number three. Did he do anything later? He is a dead or alive. Okay. All right. Do you know who that is? No. Okay. Do I? Yes, you do, because listen to this. Okay. I'm listening. 
Ja. Oh, hell yeah. Right? That's all I have to play. I mean, I could have played like two notes of that and you would know, right? Yeah. Alright. And do you remember this video? So I'm like, Not who's really. Pete Burns? I don't know who Pete Burns is. I am intimately acquainted with this man's face and with the song. The wedding it singer. It was on every single... I mean, it was on MTV constantly. I'd be sitting with my cousins. and uh, I don't I mean, really remember this so, video, to be honest with you. I remember the video. I'm going to tell you, honestly, I don't even... This song mostly came on my radio and Adam Sandler sang it in The Wedding Singer. Oh, really? And then I was like, wow, that's a great song. Yeah. And then it kind of like, somehow it didn't enter the orbit of my 80s music experience as much as I would liked. Well, for the, for the listener, I want to tell you that Pete Burns is wearing an eye patch. Um, the hair is amazing. It's, you know, it's there's huge. A, it's huge. Um, this beautiful creature with six arms in the video and just, you know, go see for yourself. So if you, if you didn't live through it. You spin me right round, baby, right round. <laughs> so like a record, baby, right round, and round. Listen, round. he is the, the person I'm most interested in. Wow. Because okay? he did more really, than that song. Well, He's really kind. Of, he's a complicated person who's really smart. Yeah. Okay. He was like the son of like a film noir like. And that band is called Dead Berlin, or Alive. Like Dead or Alive. Like Dead or Alive, which I I never knew. I didn't know. We're that saying was he's the son of what? Uh, this I think like a silent film star from Berlin. Okay. So and then he gets a job at Probe Rec. <laughs> he gets a job. At Probe Records, and he is like the clerk there. And okay. He's super intimidating. Oh. He's like wearing platforms. He's like twenty feet tall. He's got <laughs> outlandish hair, super beautiful, but yeah. just I mean, really intimidating and really mean. And he's the one who will throw if you ask for like y'all got rush, you will get that shit thrown at you, or they just won't sell it to you. They'll just make fun of you. And not even sell it to you, maybe. So what was cool? So what was cool, you know, I mean, what do you think? We got... David Bowie. Bowie and the Bowie and the Clash and all the punks. And the and Velvets the, and yeah, the just Big none, in Japan. Just not Rush. And none of that 70s shit. Gotta nope, go. No prog rock. I, I bet no prog rock. See, this is when Will is having to go underground and like hide parts of himself, bury them. I, you know, I had to do that too with his band. <laughs> um... You know, not really echoing the Bunnymen. What about uh, Thick cool. as a Brick? I, Did they I didn't bet carry Pete that Burns at Pro would not be pleased with that request. You might get laughed out of there. Who knows? I don't know. But um, but his discussions about the Liverpool scene are really nuanced and wry. They're really worth looking into. Interviews with him are really, they give you some insight. Um, and he's gay and he's openly gay, but he had a 20-year relationship with a woman who is like his soulmate and best friend. Um, and, oh. but he's just like, he's like amazing. <laughs> yeah, it is, you know? I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah, he's gay, I think they said. Cool. I mean, who cares? Your dad, you know that he is. <laughs> I'm talking about Pete Burns. Oh. We know, I, yes, I have a gay dad, everybody. So, 
We played, <laughs> so they played, this band actually, the Mystery Girls, played a gig at Eric's and covered The Who's I Can See for Miles. That's a good song. All right. Wild Thing by the Togs. All right. Mm-hmm. And, and here's a quote. So Wiley, everybody, you know, had this cool outfit on. Pete Burns looked amazing. Um, although he felt like he was being pushed to the back by Julian Cope, who was maybe like, get back there, you're too gay. I don't know. Mm. And um, Julian Cope's wearing like a nice coat. And then Wiley got to wear his toilet bowl. He said, seat. his toilet seat. He got to wear his toilet seat. He's like, I used to. And so he's like, I'd have this white shirt on, these awesome pants, and a toilet seat that I used to wear. <laughs> so that tells you that he was wearing this toilet seat more than once. Right. Yeah. You were like, you know thinking maybe it was too uncomfortable he took one picture, but I'm telling you it was like it was his thing. He He slept with that thing, huh? It's like a neck pillow in a way. All right. Like a hard neck pillow. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, band just dissolved. Okay. Well Um, no listen. Oh. Now another band I want to talk about. Tell me about tell me about this other band. Who's this other band? Okay. Who's this other band? There are many so another band, and this is a uh, origin band, origin band, okay. The Jeffs, with a G, G-E-O-F-F-S, mm-hmm. and the Love Pastels. That's two bands? Yep, I think it's a band, it's a guy, and his backup band. Oh, it's The Jeffs and the Love Pastels? That is, is correct. The, is the name of the band? <laughs> yes, that oh is the name. Oh my gosh. Okay, guess whose band that was. No. Les, P- <laughs> Les Pattinson's first uh, band. No, yeah. Well, bass player. Okay. Bass player back on the Bunnymen, all right? <laughs> just busts out his phone. All right. <laughs> um, he's trying to make money, so it's all right. Um, I'm, one, I'm slinging <laughs> records over here. One individual. Okay, murder. So the primary concept of this group was that all the members were named Jeff, okay? okay? Okay. With a G. They're all, you know, yeah, I don't yeah. know the number. But Les uh, is named Les. Yes, but he's been going by Jeff Lovestone. Oh, for the band. Just, yeah. His it's a, his alter ego. Gotcha. Like Sasha Fierce, his yeah. Beyonce's alter ego. And I think Sting had somebody in the name. Sting had another name? I don't know. Sting is fact. not his name. <laughs> So maybe Sting is What's the his alter- name again? Gordon Matthew Sumner is born okay. on October 20th. <laughs> you just go. Now, Jeff Lovestone. Les. Yep. Jeff. Jeff, a.k.a. <laughs> I think he's dressed. I think we'll refer to him as Jeff because this is his alter ego. Okay. Because his alter ego wears oh. tapered trousers. All right. Chelsea boots. Oh, okay. His hair is dyed blonde yeah. like Heinz. Who's Heinz? Heinz. I don't know. Heinz. This is Julian Cope talking in Liverpool Explodes. Cope. The book I cannot <laughs> the book I cannot get my hands on. Liverpool Somebody, Explodes. Yeah. That's a book it's that a Julian book. Cope wrote. No, it's like another one. Um if you if y'all know where to get one, that's not like $175, will you let me know? Okay. Wild. Um so well, he was like a clean cut up. American acid guru is what he's looking for. Clean cut, 
mod ju- vibes? I guess it's a little moddy, but it's a little more acidy, guru-y. Oh, post-mod. Yes. Oh, I gotcha. Right. And he like would play slow and doorsy is what they you know they were gonna that was gonna be their thing. Okay. So like doors like the the sludge the door sludge is what they're gonna emulate. Okay. The doors. And, and Jeff Lovestone is gonna preach over his songs. I think Jim Morrison kind of did that too. So he's gonna do right. that. Um, David Byrne did that. And he also, oh, David Byrne did that. But like exactly. after, like yeah. in the eighties, he would listen to like, preachers. Pre- yeah, yeah. Don't you miss it? Don't you miss it? Yeah. You know, he's the, he was listening to like a lot of preachers and stuff. There is water in the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, exactly. Um, so some of his songs included "You, Me, and the Sea," that you know he's like making boats out of town, outer town, outer space. Um, I can face the world now. Okay, um, so the Jeffs eventually disbanded. Okay, um, and it was you they, know. And then they went on to become the Lesses. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, it was the okay. It was okay because um, oh, and there's going to be backing vocals. Okay, by um, two girls, Arlene Smith and Shirley Alston, and Rosie Hamlin. These are the first women we're talking about on this podcast. And they don't exist. Okay. Because no one in this band exists. Okay. This is a band of one, and this is an idea that isn't a band, but is written about in every single book. It's never even happened. We're talking about the Jeffs? The Jeffs. Is it a fake band? It was like an idea for a band. Wait, what the fuck? (laughs) I'm so confused now. They, they, none of the song. There's some song, more song titles underneath the upper stratosphere. The balloon man will know. Um, these songs are unheard and quite probably unwritten. I can't believe Chris Adams <laughs> wrote about this. I love him for that because we, other people do too. Yeah. It always gets mentioned. This is also need to know. I mean, info. it's it's germ germinal. <laughs> Uh, when I would hear about it, I'd be like, oh, shit, okay, the Love Pastels. So he has a 60s thing. This is a, you know, maybe he's a seasoned musician. Mind, in his mind. Less in his mind had some things <laughs> as a teenager. And we're interested now. <laughs> um, he goes on to say that he, the band, you know, even though it didn't exist, he, he packed his time with as many pursuits as possible. He enjoyed, you know, motorbikes and boats. Did he boats. just tell people about it? Or, he likes did, or did he, like, write about it in his journal? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think he must have told people about it at the time. He's like, I, I, I'm going to put this band together. <laughs> did he tell them later? He was like, I'm going to let y'all know that. When I was younger, <laughs> I had a fantasy band. <laughs> several, in fact. And, uh, and they're Rose quite Hamlin. They're quite detailed in their... Uh, <laughs> Accoutrement. Yeah. So let's approximate what the Jeffs might have sounded like. I'm thinking we're going to do a little bit of like Riders in the Storm, kind of sludgy, you know, part of a door song. I don't know what the backing vocals are going to do, but maybe if you could manage to preach a little at the same time. Like you used to do in that one band when I first saw you play, where you did like a spoken word. And then 
I'll sing some backup. I'll be um, I'll be the ladies that are in the band that don't exist. Okay. There's another band um, called Industrial Domestic. Mm. Now this band, I will go ahead and tell you, made some made some songs, made some tapes, because you know who's at the helm. I would say, uh, is it Will? So this is Will's band, right. right? Yeah, I love Will. All right, dude, what did Will? He posted an album on his Instagram today. Eleven. 13 floor elevators floor because elevators. of Rocky Erickson. That's right. Rocky Erickson died, man. I know. And then I like revisited some Rocky Erickson recordings. Mm-hmm. God shit, it's amazing. Oh, man. It's like they're I like tearjerkers. They really are. I used to listen to the song title alone is a tearjerker for the one that... Oh, I've always been here before. I have always been here before. I mean, you don't just start That's crying. So touching. Let's put a clip of it on. Why not? Night of the Vampire. <laughs> you know what song I like by Rocky Erickson, though? What? It's called Song to Abe Lincoln. So beautiful. 
I just I mean, realized I've been chewing gum this whole time. That is the number sorry, one faux yes, pas in radio. It is. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm sure also, everyone's but, hearing me like. Anyway, that was our tribute to Rocky Erickson, who yes. uh, passed away. Courtney chewed gum through the whole thing. Shame on her. <laughs> like chewing gum in a funeral. Just like, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, okay. Well, that was a beautiful Where are the drinks? Song. Anyway, so Will. Uh, uh, so anyway, <laughs> Industrial Domestic, guys. This is Will Sargent's first band. Okay, listen. This is really important. Okay. All right. Okay. So while my Mac, okay. So while Mac is just, you know, nodding off uh, at his crucial three rehearsals, Les is going for a sort of uh, a little bit of the '60s, and I think Will he's kind of doing the the Ramon look. Will. Will. Yeah. Don't you, you can tell that'd be a good look for him. He kind of retains that with the bank. He still does. It's he's really, got a bowl cut. Yeah, he's got a bowl cut. You know, just a, a leather jacket kind of thing. Okay. That's okay. his image. All right. But, All right. um, so he had, um, guitars. And what's an echo unit? Yeah, it's like a, like a delay thing. Okay. Delay. They're cool, though. It's like an analog delay that, uh, real trippy. Yeah. You ever check out Will's solo album he did in well, the early 80s? Yeah, Some weird it's shit. amazing. Well, that's what I bet this sounds like, right? Well, I don't so, know. Not if he's going for like a punk thing. Well, no, he's not. Here's the thing. I don't think. Oh, he's a handsome guy. Oh, I know. He's just... Yeah, take a look at Will. Take a gander. Right? Floppy yeah, Young hair. Will. Young Will, you know? Wearing a plaid shirt. And, like, and the, it was called, the band was called Industrial Domestic. Domestic. So he... <laughs> Um, that's like a real thing for him. He, like his solo album actually has a very, like the aesthetic is just kind of this blue collar uh, avant-gardeism. Or it is. It's it, and it's just so. He's always been doing this, and yeah. he does it with just his head down, and he just goes for it. So unlike you know Jeff and the Love Pastels, who are, you know, all this bombast and glitz and theatrics and 60s whatever you know yeah, this guy's he's like, just he's going like for it. every man he's, yeah and he is um making tapes and distributing them all over the place can i ask a question and he loves some star trek stuff mm. he's a star trek he's a trekkie I'm a real fan of Spock, you know. What were Will's parents I used like? To draw we draw pictures. We did of like Spock. a whole episode. We did a whole episode about Ian McCulloch's parents or two. Oh yeah. What about Will's parents? I know. What do they do? I'm gonna find out. I'm gonna ask we, we a listener to... question. I'm gonna ask myself a question. What do his parents do? We should just put a comment on one of his Instagram what photos. What did your mom do? What did your Will, parents? Will we're working on the podcast. <laughs> what um? What Listen. did your parents do for a living? He's gonna be like. Delete, delete, yeah, delete. That, that'll shut us that, down completely. We think that he like shut us down another time. We put a song, Shane flipping pancakes to like one of their songs, on and the then Instagram we, story. Yeah, and then we like, and we got like him. a copyright infringement. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this never happened before. He was yeah, like, he was like, oh god, these fucking. All right, the guy I can't even remember my name. Can't I just be a fucking old guy? Like, just. You know? <laughs> no, that's how I feel about him. He just wants to collect guitars and records and chill the fuck out, you know, and talk about them. And so he is been playing guitar since he was like 12 years old. Okay, he got um, a plastic Hofner when he was a kid that he cut immediately cut into a coffin shape. All right. A what? A shape of a coffin. What he cut? His guitar. <laughs> His plastic Hofner. Okay. You know who that is? No. Okay. 
So he learned how to play. And so he just starts making these tapes and distributing them, putting them around. Um, and we can imagine what it sounds like. I haven't been able to find any any recordings of it on the internet, but I was listening to... Um, Did they record? Dude, I've been listening to some of Will Sargent's like solo stuff from yeah. like the early 80s. Yeah, it's minute. great. Yeah. It's amazing. It's beautiful. And I love what he does with like sense and machines and yeah. his effects like and it was very underrated because i you know i read about it and it was like really harshly criticized and i was like i bet it sucks his solo and it stuff? doesn't no it's, um that one yeah it's like it's uh reminds me of like fred frith or something right it's got but just like the something about the aesthetic and like the concept and like the, the structure of it i'm feeling like i'm at the helm of the starship enterprise you know, or I'm just like in the midst of like some industrial wasteland. Yeah. And like it's a post apocalyptic kind of, it's so atmospheric. Mm-hmm. It's great. Mm-hmm. I also saw some footage of him doing a sound check. Mm-hmm. And it was just about the most amazing thing I've heard. It was beautiful. It was so beautiful. His sound check. I'll play it for you. Oh, man, it's so cool they made such cool music. I know. It makes me wonder, though, like, what happens when people get old? When you talk about the aging band, you know? I guess yeah. we'll get there eventually. We'll get there. But, we'll like, there. because it's Because I like, think about that and have thought about that since I was really little. So, Industrial Domestic, but he had... There's another member of Industrial Domestic, and that is Paul Simpson. Okay. okay. I know. It's another name, but this one's important, and we're going to talk about him more later so right now we'll just say paul simpson became uh he founded the wild swans and also a band called care and then he was in teardrop explodes in like 79 okay okay paul simpson's in a band with will is what you need to know right that's it, all you need to band know with will called industrial, industrial. domestic that's right that's why right. the hell is it called that i love it i feel like i think i knew at one point but i think it was like written on some on a sign like Oh, I see. You know, it makes sense. Like fashion bath, right? At the at the hardware store, right? I've seen. There's multiple bands that call themselves that, which makes <laughs> sense because you go fucking like Lowe's hardware store and there's a sign that's like fashion bath, and it's a section of the store. You're like that's a band. And then name. and then I, and I like at least a couple bands I know call themselves that. Really? Yeah. At least a couple. At least two, <laughs> for sure. Okay. Because my friends were in a band called Fashion Bath, and now. There's another band called Fashion Bath around town or something, but they it's different it because too. those people that were in the first Fashion Bath that I knew like moved to like to spread out. You know, one of the guys moved to L.A., one moved to Berlin. There's, you know, it's not so it's not the same one. So uh-uh. it's definitely a different one. Anyway, yeah. industrial domestic. Yeah, industrial domestic, y'all. So. Gotta stay on topic here. Courtney says yeah, yeah. I, I'm too too divergent. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, we could make an entire, like, podcast out of the stuff I take out. Because this is our time when we talk to each other. You know? This is, like, when we catch up. So we have a lot of asides and we cut them out because it gives a... Okay, because we're trying... And I'm trying not to drop the F-bomb all the time. Because what if, you know, what if a kid wants to listen, you know? That's true. There's people Can on Instagram that are, like, fact? 14. Yeah. They're following our thing. All right. There's another member... There's another member of industrial domestic. Yes, that I need to talk about because this member is going to stay with Will mm. and become 
one of the first members of Echo and the Bunnymen. Okay. Maybe you're surprised that I haven't talked about this member yet. No. Okay, good. Yes, I am. (laughs) Yeah, you, wow. Whoa. You're about to have your mind blown. What can you possibly be about to tell me? Okay, go. (laughs) Okay. I'm talking about this member of the band, born in Japan, and had siblings who played with Roxy Music and the Buggles, and went on to have ancestors that worked with Aphex Twin. I'm talking about the drum machine known as Echo. Mm. It's a drum machine that they are that is going to become the the first drummer of Echo and the Bunnymen. Wow. It is a Korg Mini Pops. Mm. Mini Pop drum machine. Sick. Now let me tell you about Korg. Okay. Okay, this will give a little origin story of the drum machine here. Okay, okay. wow. So, <laughs> Sutomu Kato. I think Shane's having a little poison ivy problem. So. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds like poison ivy. Gosh. I wonder if the mic can pick you up, pick up your scratching of your leg. Okay. So, uh, so this guy... Kato uh, ran a nightclub, and there's this other guy, Tadashi Osanai, who was an accordionist, a noted accordionist from Tokyo University, who played at Kato's nightclub with a crappy Wurlitzer Sideman rhythm machine, which he felt was substandard. So they struck up a conversation. And they're like, you know, let's, uh, let's improve upon this, shall we? Let's get uh, a company together that we'll call, I think it was called like KO, and they changed it to Korg, and we will make our own synthesizers. Um, they were the first manufacturers to come up with the, the transpose function. So you can like change the key of a song if it's recorded, I oh. think. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Korg. Now well, this, they're still with us. So. Yeah, and the mini pops had like, so it had different rhythms like samba, bossa nova. It was an analog kind of rhythm machine. And you could kind of mess with like the sound of the bass drum a little bit with the dial. I wonder what, what changed the tempo. Uh, what did he amplify it through, the PA? I bet, I, I bet it's the PA. What kind of gear did they have? That's an interesting thought. I think we're going to know more about that. I don't know what the very, very beginning. Like in their practice space? Like they, were they running that through a PA or were they running it through just like a, one of the amps, you know? Or like a, Let's try to figure that out from pictures. I'm just wondering, like, because when you're young and, mm. you know, you just, like if, you don't, if you're not like independently wealthy, just buy whatever gear you want. Yeah. You, that's because I know from experience, you just kind of accumulate things gradually and then... There they are. There's the three of them. Yeah. Uh, We're looking at a picture. On the, you know, they're not on the stage. I'm not a gearhead, by the way. Oh, wait, here's some. I know there's a. There you go. That there's a, a real drummer. That was drummer. a good picture. Yeah, but that was with Pete, so they didn't have the drum machine anymore. But yeah, you can see the gear. Okay, just in general. You got some big amps. They, they got a little PA speaker. Look at there. this amp. Yeah. This is like ridiculous. They used to drive around with this. They kind of liked the way it looked or something. That's the bass rig. I guess it's huge. They're using like Fender. These are like Fender Silver Face amps and stuff. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. What kind of guitar is Will playing? Uh, well, it looks like he's playing like a 
like a jaguar or something and yeah and then uh ian's playing like a like a gretch or something yeah unless it's playing, oh, it like a fender like a fender yeah like p bass or something right all right. Well, well, anyway. All right. Another band in early 1978, um, after the Crucial Three dissolves. Oh. After the Crucial Three dissolves. Oh, and you know it's going to beat twice. So let me. After the Crucial Three dissolves. Ding. <laughs> oh, sorry, folks. That's all the time we have tonight. <laughs> so, after the Crucial Three dissolved. We got Mac, Cope, and Wiley. Julian Cope and Motormouth Pete Wiley go on to form a band called the Nova Mom. And it's some Williamsboro thing. This Let's is, just, wait, never mind. Never William, mind. William S. Burroughs? It's a, yeah. Williams, bro. <laughs> William S. Burroughs? Williamsburg. <laughs> Williamsboro. Um, <laughs> William, so. <laughs> I never heard it described like Williamsboro's. So. During their first, so this is a band that exists to annoy people, okay? Annoying people as a teen. Did you have a, a band that was too, like, about annoying people? Like, in my hometown, they, it wasn't a band, but it was a group of friends, and they got into this thing of, like, stealing tater tots from one another. But then it got weird and kind of serious, and then it was, like, <laughs> breaking and entering and going into people's homes and stealing tater tots and hiding in the closet while this guy's dad what? is like running around the house. I don't house even know what we're we talking about anymore. Listen, I don't know. <laughs> I'm I, talking about pranks. I'm talking I'm about. I'm going to tell you a story. All right. Tell me a story about a, a band. A band. A prankster band. Well, we, my, me and my D&D friends. That's what they were yeah, too. Yeah. All and, right. Let's talk about D&D &D friends. And, and then we had like, we had sort of fake band stuff going on you know like definitely sure, in the, within the within within the, the not, module no 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 not within the game like everyone like it was assumed that like know. everyone had different bands like multiple bands overlapping within this friend group that weren't real for sure <laughs> right like i'm trying to be hard my friend justin dubin ron ferraro randy ferraro everyone had a band Randy had a band called wombat ron had a band called i cannot remember oh uh chunks of fresh meat and uh justin had a band called something like everyone but it was none of them were real though everyone had a band that was fake right but then we would also the play so we you know and so we would play uh uh but we played dungeons and dragons mostly marvel superheroes at this particular time but then we would also like play marvel superhero there's a there was an rpg oh, uh okay. based on marvel really? okay. yeah it's awesome yeah we would it was huh. good times and we would just stay up all night doing that. But at some point in the night, we would leave the house and go across the big highway to this um, tennis, like racket and swimming uh, country club, uh -huh. Wellaby uh, Country Club. And we would like climb the fences and like go swim in the pool and stuff. But we would also like take all the like pool furniture and like set it up under the water like the, as like like set up the chairs and tables like under the water in the pool like as though people were like sitting in them like throw all the pool furniture in or we would like put them all up on the roof and like set up all the chairs and tables on the roof of the building where the office was which gradually evolved into breaking into the office of the at night 
which slowly then, and then time. yeah and then and then the next thing you know we were like taking money out of their cash box <laughs> and like and uh and they were like putting more security and we were showing up with a crowbar and i don't know just Several kids friends, yeah. just you know just the kids in this friend group doing yeah. important things this story goes on one night uh this <laughs> while we were doing this our routine uh we got surrounded by the police, police yeah. yeah and you had to it, it, run. Dark can in i cars. finish it yeah you finished the story okay so then shane had to take off running you really hurt yourself right with my friends yeah we were climbing the tennis court fences right to get They're away really from high. the cops and then jumping down and i i like sprained my ankle or fractured it but then you running. had to swim through canals of alligators. With alligators in them. Going, you could hear them, and there were signs saying there's alligators going. Yeah, that's right. And then we either run, climbing through backyards, and we actually got away. Everybody got away? to the hospital, yeah. And then I told like my stepdad, I tripped over a tree root in the sidewalk, and that's why I hurt my ankle. Because we had to call him and be like, I got to go to the hospital like now. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so that but this was all around some some. This is my friend group at the time that fake bands were the thing and want, pranking and pranking. Yeah, and we did lots of pranks. Just lots annoying. of pyro. Uh, what do you call it? Um, Pyrotechnics. Not pyro. No, no, no. Um, arson, <laughs> arson and robbery no. and uh, vandalism and oh. trespassing. You know. And, cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's how we do. But in we Florida. were just innocent kids. That's though. what Florida. Yeah, just yeah goofy. that's just, just what you do in South yeah, Florida. Yes, it's just, it's just, just go to the gas station, <laughs> fill up a fucking gallon jug full of gasoline, and <laughs> lights and fucking woods on fire because. <laughs> Watch it, the alligators it, run. Yeah. Okay, let's get back to Liverpool. We got. Things are so, more innocent there. They are some, yeah. <laughs> than I they think are in South Florida. They are, yeah. yeah, South um, Florida is a real hellscape. Yeah, they didn't even get acid there until Courtney Love came. Um, but that's another story. Whoa. Yeah, a little foreshadowing. We're going to be talking about Courtney Love sooner. Uh, which than, I had no idea that was going to even come up. Oh, yeah. That's the furthest that's thing from Courtney my mind. That's Courtney number one. So, in the early... So, this band, the Nova Mob, also was annoying um and did some little pranks uh for instance they played a gig they actually played a gig and this gig in this gig um i'm guessing he's playing guitar i'm guessing wiley was playing just a monotonous riff and cope just over and over again intoned the mantra we're in love with beauty we're in love with wealth we're in love with mental health. We're in love with beauty. We're, We're in love with wealth. wealth. We're in love with mental health. We're in love with beauty. So we're, I love that. That's great. That's great. So, but, you know, cool. they weren't as open-minded as you all. The entire audience walked out. Oh. So we can only guess that we did maybe... That's a performance art shit. Yeah, it is. Yeah, this is like Why some not? avant-garde times. Um, and so then their other their other project was to post a petition at Probe Records, which is the cool, hip record store in the center of town where all the punks hang, you know? All right. Demanding the immediate dissolution of Big in Japan and getting signatures. They're like... Let's put this. That's that's what uh, the Nova Squad did. That's well, they also played that show, and now they're doing this. Uh, and they so, but that's not all they did, Shane. That's not all. 
Okay. They also made a t-shirt for their band. Uh-huh. But it had a picture of Jane Casey, who I think everyone kind of had a crush on. Clearly, you know. She um, was killing it. Yeah. But so they made a t-shirt. But then, so this is a t-shirt. Uh, with a picture of Jane Casey, but then Big in Japan doesn't even have a shirt, so they get to use this as their shirt. So, but they're making money. I guess I guess like Cope and Wiley pocket the money with a picture of a woman from another band. But all this was done just to be annoying. So the Nova Mom. All right, check out this rock. Oh, I know, I know. Out. Okay, listen now. <laughs> Listen, in June 1978, the Nova Mob disbanded, but Cope and Mac reunited to form, wait, uh, wait, it's a question mark, so it's, uh, uh, reunited, uh, it feels so good, uh, (laughs) with a mutual friend named Dave Pickett, okay? All right, Dave Pickett. This is labyrinthine, man. (laughs) So... They acquired they acquired their name from Pickett's favorite expression, which is uh. <laughs> so. This is okay. So again, with the t-shirts, t-shirts take some motivation. I can't bring myself to make a podcast t-shirt, even though People our one fan our one fan said they would. But uh, he went out and he got this t-shirt created with a question mark U H question mark printed in the smallest possible lettering in the center. Okay, and they played not one but two gigs. Oh, so they're not really imaginary. I think once you play two gigs or a, you know a gig, you're real. You know, all bands um, are really truly imaginary. <laughs> they're just a uh, product of like sort of like different social. Wait a second, this is for real, Mac. Listen, Mac. So on their on their first show at Kirkland's Wine Bar. Mac, Ian McCulloch, refused to sing a note. And instead, to preserve his dignity, he was behind a set of melodicas. Uh, What's a melodica, Shane? uh, The melodica is like those little keyboards that you blow into. So did he play? Is that what he played? It's like a, at do you know what I'm talking about? Like it's like no, I don't. It's, it's got like a little tube coming off of it. Oh yeah. And like and then and then you like blow into it and it's like a small keyboard you hold with both your hands and you like can play the. And he played the notes some on, notes. Yeah. On That's it. what he was doing. Yeah. In this band. It sounds like a harmonica. Oh. It's got a keyboard. You blow into it. and There's a keyboard. Is that a good enough description of a melodica? Everyone knows what that is, right? So. Um, he walked out on the second show after singing Louie Louie. Mm. Okay. Louie, Louie, Louie. And finally, the last but not the least of the, these bands is A Shallow Madness. Okay. Okay, this so is the these most are important. All the band, we're talking about bands <laughs> that formed. Or didn't. Or just people thought of <laughs> at. The Eric's Club scene circa 1976. Yes. Seven. Yeah, they're 19-ish. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Things are starting to bubble. 
Okay. Yeah, the little, little, right? little like yeah. We are gonna get to a, a, an album of sorts. There's like cellular sort of over. like attraction here, you yeah. know, like things are. You're hearing names. Molecules coming from are another, emerging. Right. All right. So a shallow madness. Now this is kind of the big. This is the big falling out. Kind of the last hurrah of the a cope, shallow madness. The cope Mac, and we're gonna have a whole episode um, about just sort of the. The inner workings of this uh, this group of people that we are mentioning in this episode with my pen pal, whose name has yet to be revealed. Um, so rehearsing originals. Duh, duh, duh. You're just so, gonna fire me from the podcast. Yep. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm gonna uh, me and my, my pen pal. We just have I'm other guests. Take it over. Yeah. No, we would, couldn't do it without you. You know. Without I bring your support, you something. do bring a certain something. You do. I'm like it's the true. I'm the foil. You know. You really are. You're, you know, who knew? Um, so, this is like your final. So, oh yeah, okay. So the other member of Industrial Domestic is this guy Paul Simpson. Okay. From the Wild Swans, and stuff. He's an Industrial Domestic. Oh, with Will. With Will. So, Shallow Madness kind of absorbs half of Will Sargent's band, Industrial Domestic, because Paul Simpson joins A Shallow Madness along with Mick Finkler. Okay. Remember Mick Finkler? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they okay. you know, did some... <laughs> no, because... So now, so there's a bunch of people in this Shallow Madness, but guess who doesn't have... A band. Is Will. He's just they out took there. His band. They took his band. This he's, is all, by the way, occurred like within a three week period. <laughs> everything, we're, everything we're talking about. It's like a summer. It's like, yeah, it's like. Summer of June of 78, man. <laughs> this is um, all, things are rapidly, uh, <laughs> yeah, shifting. They're shifting, shifting gears, you know, with lots going on. And, um, so they would do like covers of Satisfaction and stuff. But, you know, Mac was late all the time. Hmm. He's always late. He's always, you know, there's a theme here. Remember Crucial 3? We heard that little snippet at the end of the Crucial 3 about oh, yeah. how he's always late. He's late again. Oh. He's so late. And, and it's he, lame because he wouldn't he's sing. the singer. He's yeah. the singer and he wouldn't sing. Um, can I speak to that a little bit? Please do. Please do. If the band is not tight, why the fuck does the singer need to be there? Like, or you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like you know what I'm saying? Like, it's true. he's like, I don't want to sit the there. Easy job. He's gonna sit there and like they're just arrhythmically trying to like pull a riff together because they're sure. not good musicians, and they, you know, and That's then right. except for Pete DeFrias, he's not even on the scene yet. Like, he's and then there. it's like, and you know, they're just kind of kids figuring it out, and then the singer, we want him there, but like. He shouldn't really, like shows up an hour late because he's gonna sit there with his thumb up his ass anyway. For, That's what like, happened with me when I was we were covering Echo and the Bunny Man. I never sung. It is the easiest job. You come in there, you waltz in there, and you just you know you just start singing. You just start singing. But if I the mean, band doesn't have their shit together, you're you're like, uh, so I guess uh, <laughs> I'll just go and like twiddle my thumbs here, you know. So um, that's that's a thing, you know. Yeah. 
Like it's. But you know what they're gonna do? They want him there because they want his energy and they want yeah, him they want there. That, yeah. They want his enthusiasm, and he's sitting there energy. sulking, yeah. and he's just like, yeah, you want to do? And then he, so you know what they do? Huh? They kick him out. Okay, good move. They kick him out. Dummies. <laughs> he and and he felt really sad and hurt, mm. and like his dream of ever becoming, you know. A famous um, singer like David Bowie. Yeah, had to, like was dashed. Like yeah. he was starting to kind of, for a second, give up on this whole rock and roll thing. This whole, you know, post punk. Yeah, because he couldn't <laughs> new like, wave thing. He could, can't. Couldn't be on time. Couldn't be on time. He's always late. You know, and so he's just like, you know, I mean, he says he was late because it just wasn't the right band for him. You know. So this was maybe one of those, you know, fate up against your will, mm. twist of fate that's going to bring him head to head with a, with someone special. Some, a little, something's going to happen in the next episode. I can feel it. I can feel it. Something is going to, going to have a meeting of the minds. You think we can make it? Let's get the hell out of here. You can write us an email at echoinherepodcast at gmail.com. Echoinherepodcast at gmail.com. Echoinherepodcast at gmail.com. Tune in next time.